Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gems from the Glen. I'm your host, Kimberly Rue, and today's episode is part two of Let's Give Thanks to This Giving Moment, Relationship Edition. So if you haven't listened to the first part, what are you doing? Pause this episode and go back and listen to part one and then come back and join us. And if you're currently listening and you're all caught up, then get comfy and relax because we're about to jump right back into the episode. Also, in order for this podcast to continue to flourish and be found by new listeners, I really need your support in leaving comments in the review section on the platform you're currently listening on. By leaving a comment, it helps me engage with you all, as well as it lets me see your support. And on that note, let's get back into part two of Let's Give Thanks to This Giving Moment, Relationship Edition. Do you think a person can truly be happy with one person, y'all? I mean, y'all are married, so I mean, y'all can go before you got married, what your mindset was on. Um, you can answer it now. I just, okay, so. I she hit the high note. I do believe that, you know, what I'm trying to say is, I think you can be happy with one person. Like me, I'm going to be with my husband to both of us are in a box. Quite However, right. um, <laughs> for some people, monogamy is just not their thing. Right. So right. whatever works for you, like if you want to be one of seven wives or if you want to have two boyfriends at once plus a girlfriend, if that works for you and that is what brings you the most, the most joy, then go for it. But I just feel like whatever works for you, works for you. But you just really need to know what works for you because a lot of us, we're just trying all of these things and it's just not working. Right. Absolutely. Again, I I definitely would agree with that. Um, Sometimes relationships are not meant for everyone. Um, It could be, but if that person is not in that mindset just yet to be committed Mm -hmm. to one person, you can't force that. Um, but also at the same end of that, you can't, if you are that person who's looking for a commitment, who is not afraid of commitment, you can't get yourself mixed up and fall mm-hmm. in love with a person that's not ready for that because they're not going to be ready when you're ready. And in that you're going to spend more time being hurt about them not committing, even though they told mm-hmm. you to jump, I'm not really looking for that right now. I mean, I think that's even when it comes to these honeymoons and one night stands, um, you might find someone or that you're messing with or talking to and you fall for that person. And that person is still looking at it like how it was from the well, beginning. We just we just, yeah, we just friends. We just happen to have be friends with benefits, but now you're falling for this person and you're getting emotional with this person. They're like, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what it was from the beginning. Yeah. So I, even in that, you just have to be careful. I completely agree with you, Keisha. I think a lot of people, we don't stick to boundaries. And right. We do so many things and we blur the lines and it just becomes such murky water that mm-hmm. right. you end up getting hurt at the end of the day. If a right. person is telling you, this is what it is, then you just need to believe them. Like you can't force somebody to be with you. You Like you can't do that. It will never work. And you will always be tired and end up disappointed at the end of the day. And you deserve more. So if you want commitment, then be with someone who also wants the same thing, but you can't force somebody to love you. Correct. I mean, you said it in a nutshell, like red flags. When somebody is talking to you and listen, you have to listen to what they're saying, no matter how Mm -hmm. cute, no matter how they make you feel, you got to listen to what a person is saying because red flags are always being presented to you, whether you want to see them or not. Absolutely. And 
to the question, do you think a person can truly be happy with one person? I feel like, you know, you're opening up Pandora's box. You know, you're out here dilly-dabbling with just everybody, you know? Right. And, you know, my parents are going on their 40th year anniversary. You know, they've been together for a minute. But at the right. same time, the question is, do you think a person can truly be happy with one person? And I'm like, I really think you have to choose. Yeah. Yeah, you do. It's you definitely do. a choice. It's and definitely a choice. Like, relationships have their ups and downs. Like Absolutely. You just got to be committed and be willing to work through it like if you feel like y'all relationship getting stale girl dye your hair or go to a bar and he pretend like he just picked you up in right a- correct right right you better do something spicy and that kind of goes back to like the third question you know like you know why is everybody so committed or why is everybody so scared to be committed and like coming into this question you know why mm-hmm. do you think or do you think people can truly be happy with one person i feel like if you truly are, you know, looking for someone out of purpose, you know, you would hopefully get to know them. I don't really feel like you're mm-hmm. ever going to know someone. I mean, hopefully that person, like you said, Carrie, is changing it up, you know, a little bit. Or you're growing or you're evolving yourself to, you know, better things to where a person stays on their toes and they're not getting bored. But some days you'll be bored of people. Some days people get on your nerves, but you're choosing. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, again, you got to be uh you have to define what are you guys doing are we talking are we dating are we engaged are we married like and even in those i feel like you still have to continue to keep defining what you want out of that relationship absolutely autopilot i feel like yeah you probably will feel like i don't want to be with one person my whole life like what Mm -hmm. but i feel like if you're always you know checking in and maybe you know organizing and cleaning some things out that person Mm -hmm. because we've had best friends forever i mean I don't know if y'all still have best friends, like, from childhood or even new Mm -hmm. best friends. The point is, like, the conversation. I'm sure y'all have had Mm -hmm. fallouts with your friends, but the ones that stayed around, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's because you chose. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think people forget that relationships, one, they take a lot of work. And this is something that needs to be nurtured. Like, when you think about it as a garden, like, you pluck the weeds, like, you put down new soil, you water it, it needs sunlight. Like, this is something that needs to be nurtured. You can't just hop in a relationship with somebody and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be together forever and let Absolutely. that be it because the real work don't start until you say, I do. Correct. And I was just going to say, it doesn't it, it stop really at dating. And when you get married, you have to continuously do all the things that you did in a relationship, but now you're really with that one person. So it does mm-hmm. not stop. Yeah, stop. But I feel like even in in marriage, there there could be people out there who say, you know, I have this whole checklist of everything I want in a man, or a, a man may have a whole checklist of everything they want in a wife and a woman, and they got everything. And then there's people out there who are married who have ninety percent of what they wanted on their list, and you just have to make sure that that other ten percent is not a deal breaker, and you're okay with living without that other 10%, and you Mm -hmm. still could be happy for the rest of your life. So, I mean, it it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think in today's society, the difficulty when it comes to commitment is that a lot of people have FOMO. It's a fear of missing Mm -hmm. out. So, you might be with this wonderful person, and they make you so happy, but then it's just the thought of like, well, who else is out here in the world? Like, is this my person for me? Like, is this the right thing that I should do? So, it's just so much. It's so much that needs to be unpacked as it pertains to commitment and why our generation sometimes is just struggling with that. And that Absolutely. goes back to my first question. Why is everybody operating in their feelings and, Correct. you know, taking their sweet time? And I think that answers it really beautifully. 
I just feel like people just, you know, they literally are so afraid to just see. You know, it's like they would rather say, no, I don't want to try that because the worst case scenario, but you'd rather keep playing in Pandora's box or you'd rather keep, you know, leading this person on knowing you don't have no intentions of going nowhere further. You know, you'd rather go Mm -hmm. down that rabbit hole than just ask the right questions up front. Right. Go ahead, ahead, Kim. No, I'm just saying like, you know, or just, you know, just figure out what it is you want. I think people are so afraid to be themselves. Like you do not, I'm going to keep saying this. You do not have to get married. Your end goal does not have to be married. You can be single the rest of your life. You can date the rest of your life. You can talk the rest of your life. But as long as that person you're doing this with is within agreement with you, like, oh, I know Mm -hmm. we're not going to get married out of this. Oh, right. I want some kids uh, and no commitment. I'm cool. You know, there's people out here for those type of people. Mm-hmm. But exactly. give that person the choice because no, I do not think you can be happy with someone the rest of your life. If you signed up to be married to somebody who did not have the intentions from go to honor whatever the heck mm-hmm. you both had, if they're both different, you have to be transparent. Absolutely. You, you have to, you have to find, you have to be vulnerable too. You have to give mm-hmm. people the choice at the end of the day, I feel, because I think that's what's keeping a lot of people from committing is because they're afraid to show their cards. I mean. Yep. And, you know, that can also stem from trauma. True. Like Correct. It's, like, it's so Correct. much stuff that people go through in life, whether it's like your childhood or, you know, being in a previously abusive relationship or, you know, suffering from major insecurities. It's just so much that can go into why people are struggling with commitment. Right. Absolutely. And that is it just true. needs to be unpacked. That is true because we're talking about relationships, but yeah, commitment goes to a lot of things. It could be your daily routine. You could say you're going to do something one day and never do it. You can try to do a goal and never do it. You know, and it's just because it could be fear. Like you said, it could be very traumatic, but at the same time, I think it's healthy for people to be very self-aware and look at mm-hmm. things like that. Like, what in my personal life that I have control of that I am afraid of commitment on? And then mm-hmm. look at your relationships, whether it be your friendship, your family. And that will tell a lot about your commitment issues. I, I 100% agree, Kim, because I think some people struggle with accountability as it pertains right. to themselves. Yeah. Like, they're out here wanting to do whatever it is that they want to do mm-hmm. um, despite how it may make the next person feel. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So the next question is, what is your individual love language? And do you think that a person can bend to your love language? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I feel like I've never really realized how important love languages were until like the latter part of our relationship, especially going into our first year of marriage, um, because we took the test, and I do think that everybody is deserving to be loved in their specific love language. Um, like, for instance, my love language is gifts and uh, words of affirmation versus my husband's. His is more so like physical touch. Right. Like, me. Mine, mine too. Me. <laughs> right. Like, we had a whole hands 24-7 or things like that, whereas him, I know, like, holding hands, or if we're in the bed, and he want to put his feet on me, and, like, just small things like that, so I do think loving somebody in their love language is important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I definitely would agree. My husband, his his love language is definitely physical touch as well, and mine is the same, words of affirmation, gifts, 
Um, and sometimes even with me, it could be quality time sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm totally fine being in the house in a totally separate room from my husband and we are not fighting or feuding. We just fine. We might just be watching something different on TV that we, <laughs> that we don't want to watch what each other are watching. Um, so I guess it just depends. But as far as, you know, like you said, as far as bending, if someone does have a love language, a physical touch, and they've never been a person to really give someone words of affirmation, but they, you want to do acts of service to show that they're watching, they see you, you know, they're encouraging mm-hmm. you that way. I think people can change and kind of transition or adjust to what their mm-hmm. mate's love language is for sure. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to like putting in the work with a relationship. Because although, you know, physical touch isn't that important to me, because I know that's something that my husband values, I do try my best to make sure that I am meeting that need. Um, So I do think that it just all goes into like what you're willing to do in your committed relationship. Right. You just have to try. I do feel like when you love someone, you're going to try your best to make it work. And also, for those out there who do not know what the five love languages are, you have words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. And I feel, for me, my love language definitely is words of affirmation Uh and also physical touch as well as acts of service. And why I listed those three is because I'm, the physical touch and the acts of service is, well, let me back up, the word someone once telling me like you know we're so quick to go out here and when it's christmas it's a birthday or we just want to do something nice we buy things for people or our you know other halves sometimes mm-hmm. make us feel good but right. we really don't ask that person you know what the heck they really want and sometimes people really don't know because they can't put it into words so a good way to figure out somebody's love language or to figure out how they like to be loved is to ask them what did love look like to you as a child right you know, mm-hmm. and for me, like acts of services, my mom always, you know, did little nice things for me. She always like, you know, gave me little gifts or hid little things under my pillow. Or, you know, if I said I wanted something like, oh, I want a public sub sandwich. She one day I'll come home randomly and there'd be a sub sandwich in the refrigerator, you know, like just mm-hmm. things that would just make me feel love because she would listen to me, you know, and right. then words of affirmation. You know, my dad always would pour into me like congratulations I'm so proud of you wow you really you know just really making me feel seen so I feel like you know when it comes to your love language that says a lot about you and that probably does stem from our childhood and you can develop Mm -hmm. your love language over time because I said acts I said um physical touch physical touch for me is when I'm out in these streets I want you to let people know you're with me I want your arm around me if we're in the movies I want to put my head on your shoulder you know like if I'm in the house, I want to be able to rub elbows, you know, like physical right. touch. Like people right. think that is so sexual all the time. It's not always no, sexual. No, it don't. Because intimacy sexual. doesn't have to be sexual. Intimacy is so broad and it doesn't always equate to sex. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, even on these dating apps, you know, they'll ask you what are your five love languages. And I don't think people really take the time to really look at it. Because right. everybody's so quick to say, oh, physical touch, physical touch. Oh, words of affirmation, acts of service. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but mm, what do you mean by that? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's your definition of that? We know what it means, but what's your definition of it? So I and wanted to break that down for some people. That, I'm so happy you touched on that, Kim, because even when you say, like, what's your definition? 
So, like, for instance, mine's is gifts. But when I first started dating my husband, in his mind, he think gifts always had to be something so elaborate. Mm-hmm. Like, buy me a new purse or yeah. buy me <laughs> something that's, like, luxurious. When I'm like, no, a simple gift to me can be, like, a handwritten card that you left on a table, right. some right. flowers. Or you are like, oh, babe, I was in Publix and I know this is your favorite gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Like, gifts don't always have to be so elaborate and that's something that we would like go back and forth on because I'm like my love meter is low like where are my gifts like you're not loving me in you know the manner that I want to be loved in and I had to explain to him like gifts don't have to be elaborate correct like the little things matter it's just the thought the the fact that you were out and you thought of me yeah Mm -hmm. all right so let me ask you guys this we have about I want to say Five more questions. So mm-hmm. let me ask you, does looks rank higher than getting to know the person for who they are? And you could take that exactly how it is stated. Does looks rank higher than taking a person for who they really are? I think if you meet that person eyeball to eyeball, like if you meet them out and about, the f- obviously the first thing that is going to connect that person to you is the physical features. Now, if you are maybe on a dating app or you met someone online, that might be something a little different because all you see is their photo. Say you're not FaceTiming each other and you see a mm-hmm. photo, but you're connecting with this person through their words, through their conversation, through their personality. Like you're literally talking to this person with your eyes closed. You've never seen them in front of you. And mm-hmm. I think that's totally different. You may meet someone that you truly, truly connected with and not so much get caught up on the physical but if this is someone that you met in person, obviously the first thing you see is going to be the physical. Mm-hmm. And I do agree 100% with what Keisha said. I do feel like when you first meet someone, let's be honest, because it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, the personality, what's on the inside is what matters. Well, ultimately right. it is, but we also have to remember our kids is going to have a face. You have Correct. to be person <laughs> for the rest of your life. So you have to be attracted to them in some shape or form. Like, I do believe that when you get to know somebody, um, they do become even more attractive to you once you really get to know them and y'all yeah, connect on a correct. different level. But I do feel like there needs to be some form of attraction right. in yeah, the beginning. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I mean, I feel like, you know, we've had people who we got to know them in person. Like you could have worked with this person. You could have been a friend's hangout. And just over time, your personality is just you know, you see it, you're like, oh, this person's actually funny. And then you're like, okay, they look cute. Okay. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Like Some people tend to, they start to start looking good. They grow on you. Yeah. They grow on you or their personality makes them attractive. It may not right. be like, oh, he's fine or he's cute, but he may be attractive to you because of his personality, mm-hmm. because of how he treats you. Um, you know, so all those things definitely play a factor. I'm going to say it doesn't, too. I'm going to say we all three agree on that because I feel like, you know, you could think a person is okay and they can become very fine to you. And, you know, people mm-hmm. say somebody could get a haircut. They can get a new hairstyle. Right. They could lose some weight. Who knows? But at the end right. of the day, like, if their personality is catching your attention, you're going to eventually be like, I like this person. Right. You know, like. <laughs> I like to be around this person. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, you don't got to think he's cute. He's for me. Not exactly. Period. Right. Period. So, you know, you can scrunch your face out and ask why, but he's not with you. He's with me. 
So right, exactly. The, the next question is, what's a healthy time frame? And I, I really like this question because I feel like woo, people be dating forever. So I want to ask, what's a healthy time frame you should date a person before getting into a relationship? So I'm talking about talking and dating dating again is your boyfriend and girlfriend or you're dating consistently like and it's just you mm-hmm. two. you're not seeing anybody else you're only seeing each other what what's a healthy time frame you think you should date a person before getting into a relationship as boyfriend um, and girlfriend i feel like that's kind of difficult only because so right. many people move and maneuver in the dating scene so differently i can just give an example of what mine that look like okay so like we like met um like swipe right on each other and tinder like on i said in tinder on tinder like in august of 2015 um he says that i went ghost on him he had offered to do my website and everything gave me his number i didn't message him back so like two months later he sent me another message and i gave him my number and we went we went on our first date like in october and then we hung out a couple of times and then that February is when he asked me to be his girlfriend so it yeah. it wasn't that long per se whereas I know some people when they start talking to people they just talk and then all of a sudden they're in a relationship but in the beginning of our talking phase I made it known like you have to ask me to be your girlfriend because that was something that was important to me because in my past relationship it was never asked he just kind of like introduced me as his girlfriend one day and it was like oh okay but I feel like it was important to be asked because of course I have to be in agreement with this and I don't want to make any assumptions Absolutely. so I do feel like some people may say that talking to somebody for the first five months or six months then you may ease into a relationship and they might ask you to be, you know, their girlfriend or boyfriend. However, some people talk to somebody for a month and then boom, they boyfriend and girlfriend a month after. Absolutely. Right. I think like like you said, Carrie, it's kind of hard to put an actual time frame on it. Sometimes when you meet a person, you kind of like, you know, when you know. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it may take someone like even a first maybe one or two conversations you've had with someone. You're like, yeah, this ain't gonna work. Like you kind of have an idea um, of of what you want. And then, you know, if you and this person start vibing out, y'all are hanging out, you know, hanging out as friends first um, and then kind of starting to ease into like going on dates and things like that and spending more time together. It could be anywhere from like, for instance, my parents, my parents got married after six months of knowing each other because they mm-hmm. felt like when they knew, they knew. And, and again, my mom married him when I was nine. So they're, they're on their 30th wedding anniversary. So it can happen. Um, my best friend, her parents, they got married, I believe, in less than six months. Um, so it's kind of like when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't want to rush into something. So you mm-hmm. have to look at those red flags beforehand. But I feel like if you and this person that you're getting to know are friends first, Mm-hmm. sometimes it, it tends to develop a lot faster whereas say if you are with someone and y'all were not necessarily friends with benefits but y'all were a one night stand or y'all just kind of met y'all are messing around and now y'all want to transition into a relationship it may be a different process mm-hmm. so I think it just really depends on the situation I mean I 100% agree I feel like at the end of the day like you know you talk about your parents relationship my parents basically dated two years 
Mm-hmm. Um, but not straight up. Like they were friends, you know, and they dated. And then like going in that second year, you know, they're getting engaged. So there was a purpose mm-hmm. to it. So I, the question for me is just more so to people, it's just being intentional. You know, I feel yes. like, yeah, you can't really pinpoint it because you can't start off as friends. Y'all, one may like the other, the other may not be that interested in you like that. So that could take time. You know, you could both be dating other people and then eventually come back around and be like, dang, I actually like you. So mm-hmm. it, it's not like, oh, it's three months. But I feel like if you're intentionally dating someone, like you went out here and met a person, dating app. I feel like, you know, if, if connection is there, you definitely should be, letting a person know like you said Carrie you need to let me know you're you want to be with me period because I feel like if you don't say something or if you don't be intentional about what you guys are doing it can the time can escape you yes you know you could just be left kind of like well dang we never talked about this or I thought we were cool where we were so um for me if we were strictly talking about a dating app in a sense like you literally are dating someone and you were intentional I would say by three months, you should at least know if y'all are leaning on becoming something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Three Absolutely. Months. I mean, just because I feel like you intentionally like this person, y'all both decided to go on these dates. So I say by three months, you should be able to say like, okay, I can see us moving into a relationship or you know what? I'm not really thinking I want to do this with you. Now, if you're right. friends, then there's, to me, there's no expiration date because I mean, it's what you guys want to do in that friendship. Absolutely. Especially if you know in those three months that you're not seeing anyone else and right. he's not That's seeing that. anyone else. So it's like, okay, now now what's the next step? And even that question's good. You don't even gotta be like, hey, are we gonna be together? You could just be like, Are we solely seeing each other? Like mm-hmm. you know, exclusively dating. Exclusively Correct. dating. Like, you know, that's not a harmful question to ask because I mean if that person's on the same page with you, they should be like, Well, duh, mm-hmm. what you been doing? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So let me ask you guys this. Do you think a person's occupations matter? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, and, and it does color bills. I'm talking like right. I, I have one for y'all, but yes. Do you think the person's occupation matters and take into consideration their job, mm-hmm. how many hours they're working on that job, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. job is remote or not, and they have to travel or yes, the money, like, is it enough for your income? Um, I do think that the occupation matters and not even coming from a standpoint of just like money and how much they make. Um, because when I first met Dwayne, he was a contractor and he traveled. So he was gone and he was in Delaware and I was back in Georgia and we did that for like the first year and a half of our relationship. So I legit only saw him like one to two times a week. And my father used to call him like my weekend boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) because I never got a chance to really see him but we were still able to foster a relationship and be committed to one another long distance so I do think that a person's occupation it's just a huge sacrifice on the other person of like what you're willing to put up with like if he's a doctor like if he works in the ER if he's a travel nurse or like if he is a A truck driver yeah a truck driver like anything I think it really boils down to like how committed or how much you're willing to sacrifice in the relationship when it pertains to what the other person does. Absolutely. Like even in in my relationship, my husband and I lived in two different states. He lived in North Carolina. I lived in Georgia. And Kim, you know how 
used to be traveling back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. And we still, you know, we still made, made it, it work. So right. mm-hmm. I think even a long distance relationships in itself outside of occupation is always going to be a challenge. And mm-hmm. if you really, really care about that person and you want to make it work on both ends, then you have to find a way. You, you yes. just have to find a way. So mm-hmm. it's. I it, agree. Yeah. Again, it's, the word is realistic. Yeah. Absolutely. You have I to do. be realistic. Go ahead. That is true. You do have to be realistic. And I do think that sometimes like when we talk about the subject of like finances or how much a man make or how much he's willing to provide, it can't come across. Some people think it's like, oh, you being shallow or oh, that's taboo. Like why he no, you got enough money. Got but it it's now. realistic because when it comes to divorce, a lot of times the number one reason is because of finances. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is the number one reason. And so, then you're, you're talking about a married couple, then you factor in having children, and then you have to look at all of that. Yeah, and that's yeah. stressful. Like, if you ain't making no money, or you don't know how to, you know, make Everybody's money, struggling. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's we'll struggle together. Everybody happy in that house? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. love don't pay no bills. Sure yeah. don't. Okay, listen, sure I don't. love myself every day and still gotta get up and go to work, so come on. Correct. Bro. Exactly. And, it's, and going back to, like, the way you were raised, or, like, whatever father figure you had in your life, like, if you grew up in a household where you saw your father be the breadwinner, or even if both of your parents split the bills evenly and you never went without, just because you get married don't mean that you should expect something completely different. Correct. I do think it's okay for a female to feel like I want a man who can provide. Yeah. And a lot of times there's nothing wrong to, with that. It's not because it's so much pressure on like black females having to quote unquote settle or they mm-hmm. call it shallow when it comes to wanting to date a man who makes good money because when it comes to any other race nobody bats an eye when a white female is a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home wife and she's living her life and providing for the household but when it comes to a black female it's like oh well you're a gold digger you're looking for somebody to take care of you no these other things and sadly it's not talked about that last night it's not equal across the playing field like it's not right Mm -hmm. it's not but at the same time that's your relationship it is right and Um, if your man want to take care of you and let you don't him. work and you all that other stuff and that works for your household and that's because you're that's not how working does not mean you don't have hobbies too being a exactly. I, i'm not a mother but trust me stay-at-home mothers that is a job correct they are cooking they are cleaning they are probably doing finances or paying bills correct taking mm-hmm. the kids place i mean they're running errands all of that and still giving the man some love at the end mm-hmm. of the night stop correct Correct. You know, don't 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 look down on the stay-at-home mom. Or if a person wants to be a stay-at-home mom, because you have some women who want to bring their children up and not put them in daycare. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and they may go back to work after that. They may not. It just all depends. But that's their family dynamic. Absolutely. But I think it's important for people who are dating to figure that out. Like when you are dating, you know, you need to ask these men, "What do you do for a living?" And factor in if they are, let's say, a truck driver. They they they're not home a lot. They work they're a lot not. of hours. You know, if you're having a family, he's not gonna be home a lot. Right. So it's like you gotta you gotta have those conversations because even though Charlie may be an amazing guy, if his occupation truly is not gonna make Charlie be there and you have a problem with that, not saying it can't work, but you have like a um an abandonment issue or you don't trust 
that he's actually going on the road and coming home, just using that as an example, you know, that's that's a you thing. So you have to be really, mm-hmm. I do think occupation matters very much. So not only for right. finances, but what can you deal with? Can right. you take care of the home if he's not there to help you? You know, like, what can you deal with? So, yes, I think occupation matters a lot. Absolutely. Um, so another question is, how important do you think it is to seek God while dating or getting to know someone? And also, when did you feel God advised you to pack your bags and run in certain situations? I do think that it's important to seek God first. Even if you're not a religious person or you're not Christian, I do think that there is some type of sign that when you're supposed to be with someone and when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. Um, It's just, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it or say anything else, but I did have a sign like when I was with my ex-boyfriend of like, we were only together for like six months, but I felt like I was literally sleeping next to the spawn of Satan. Wow. Because that's just how trash our relationship was. And you could feel that anywhere. Like that could be, I mean, I know we're talking about a relationship, but that could be in a friendship. That could be, you mm-hmm. can literally Absolutely. feel the presence of negativity around you. And it's just the worst, scariest mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. So I feel you on that. Yeah. Absolutely. I know when I was in my my, uh, like you said, carry my trash relationships prior till my prayer was always, you know, Lord, if this person is not for me, remove them yes. from my life. And I felt like when I got to the point where I was always fed up in my relationship to that breaking point, and I would pray that prayer, I promise you, it always seemed like 30 days or less, whether it be a week, a couple of days, that person would do something. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm done. And the relationship would be over. So Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like in any relationship, whether you're dating, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're in a marriage, you always want to make sure you seek God because you, you have to, you have to pray. You have to continuously pray. Praying doesn't stop Mm -hmm. when you get married, when you feel like you found that one, you have to keep praying. You have to keep at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you definitely have to continue to seek God in anything and everything. So, yeah, I definitely think God's very important in everything. I mean, I feel like as you get older and especially walking in your faith, that strengthens because when you're in your teen years, going into your young adult years, depending on your spirituality, I feel like as you grow, that bond grows. Right. And um, I feel like, yeah, if you are purposely reading your Bible, you're purposely, you know, going through your devotion and you're seeking God on, you know, your everydays and your steps. Yeah, you'll you'll feel when something's right or wrong, but it, mm-hmm. th- I'm glad you put a time on that, Keisha, because I was going to say, well, when you seek God, you know, and you prayed that prayer, how long did it seem like before that person was gone? Because we all pray that prayer sometimes, and we could be the person keeping that person from leaving. Yeah, right. still holding them. Yeah, we're still holding on. We don't want to be alone. We're forgiving them, or we're like, maybe it's me. And it's like, no. And you put a time on that. You're like 30 days, maybe one or two weeks. Like you were seeing mm-hmm. things. It so. was fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast. And, and you really, that's, that was really good, Keisha, that you brought that up. And as well, um, Kim, when you said that sometimes we hold on to things. And, you know, even if you're praying that same prayer that Keisha is praying and you're still holding on, the Lord will really make somebody hurt you so bad. Oh, yeah. That correct. you have no choice. But, but to let it go. go. <laughs> that's it. Because he will hurt your feelings, okay? Like, he will hurt them and have you groveling at him, like, please help me. Swear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So but you got to make sure when you say that prayer, you're willing to that accept. You're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're willing to accept what happens next. 
That's true. I feel like that is the uh, defying prayer. So, like, don't pray that prayer unless you really are. Unless you're ready for the truth. Yeah, it ain't no joke. And actually being open to seeing it. Because, like I said, you can you can pray that prayer and still put up with it. You know, because it's habitual at this point. It's a routine. You're just like, oh, whatever. But, no, you really have to pray that prayer and mean it. And open your eyes and look for those red flags. And it's going to hurt your heart. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, do you want to continue in this or do you want to move on? Exactly. Because I really am learning in my own walk is God is not going to give you anything that is not for you. You know what I mean? It's like you may choose wrong because he did give us a choice. Mm -hmm. You may choose wrong, but when it actually aligns and works out, it feels like peace. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm not saying you ain't gonna have them same troubles, but they ain't gonna feel like you sleeping with Satan, okay? Exactly. They're not gonna have your hair standing up, and they're not gonna have you having anxiety and breathing hard and boohooing and a pillow. They're not gonna have you like confused, right? So, Absolutely. the last question before we wrap this up, ladies, is do y'all believe if you're not in a relationship, you're alone? So, I don't know if you have single friends. I don't even know before you got married if you had a moment where you were by yourself mm-hmm. single. Just did you feel like you were alone or do you feel like if a person's not in a relationship, they're alone? I think that the definition of like being alone is subjective, you know, right. depending on the person. Because right. you can be single and be having a good time. Absolutely. Like, because yes. I feel like if you don't enjoy your company, who else will? Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times you could be in a relationship and be considered somebody relationship goals and you are just as lonely as your single friend. Like Absolutely. you are in a relationship and you are alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that just because you're single doesn't necessarily mean that you're alone. Like you could be focusing on yourself or you can just be doing other things that are bigger priorities versus dating. Um, at a specific time in your life. Correct. Yep. And you could be single and alone, but not lonely. Yeah. Like, I think some people, they, they think those words are two of the, of one of the same, well, they're not. You can be alone, like you said, living your best life, traveling, doing things solo, hanging out with your girlfriends, having healthy male friendships and hanging out and bonding with them. And you don't necessarily have to be lonely. And you're okay with going home and not having a man in your bed. Right. Uh, it's, it's definitely a, a difference when it comes to those two. But also at the same time, you have a lot of people out here that are either broken because they were in a terrible relationship or a toxic dysfunctional relationship. And so they break up with that person. And instead of them looking for a rebound, they're looking for someone not only to rebound with, but they're looking for a whole new relationship because they are afraid of being by themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think culturally now, even in society now, it's all about relationship goals, hashtag relationship goals, where it's women out there. We're looking for someone to fill a void when we're not ready to be in a relationship. Exactly. We have to be okay with being by ourselves and being alone and being happy before we can bring someone else in to have a, you know, a healthy relationship with. So it's definitely a difference between being alone, single and happy and healthy Mm-hmm. edges is growing you drinking your water everything is good and then <laughs> yes lotion is uh, skin is moisturized <laughs> you got yes. your lotion on and then being lonely mm-hmm. people think that those are one of the same and they're not mm-hmm. and you really touched on something so important Keisha when you said to fill that void because a lot of 
people, they would rather settle just to say they have something versus nothing. Absolutely. And if you don't really figure out what brings you peace, what brings you the most joy by yourself, even if you were to get in a relationship, you will run that person down to the ground because you're putting so much pressure on them to make you happy when you can't find joy and happiness from the next person. That's something that you need to work on with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love to look up stuff. So for people out there who do not know what the word alone means, okay? <laughs> exactly. By definition. <laughs> it means definition. It means separated from others. Separated from others. So my question was, if you're not in a relationship, does that mean you're alone? No. Because just because you don't have a boyfriend or you're not married, you still have friends. You still Correct. have family. Mm-hmm. You still have hobbies. There are things around you that still entertain you or that you can, you know, go and find entertainment in. You're not alone because you're not in a relationship. Correct. So Mm -hmm. people who say that to a person is really mean, you know, because at the end of the day, maybe you are alone in your relationship because you don't go out and do other things and you need that person to get you to do that. And that person is free enough to go do it on their own. So I feel like, you know, people need to take time because there's some people who are relationship hoppers. They get out of one and they're right back in the next one. Mm -hmm. I feel like people have to take time to sit by themselves. And there there are some women out there and men who literally are not in relationships because they choose to because they're working on something, their career, who knows, a hobby. Or there's some people who just have not found the right person and they choose not to just, you know, fast food and fast food date or microwavable date. They don't want to just date to date. They want to actually find somebody that actually works for them. So just because someone's not in a relationship does not mean that they're alone. Now you can choose to be alone or you can really, now if you are alone, you need to go find a hobby. Correct. Mm-hmm. You got to go find something to fill your life up. Call your friends up, make yep. friends, do something because date yourself. Correct. Yeah, yes. In a relationship, you can feel isolated. You can be in a relationship and feel isolated. You can feel <clears> like <throat> you have nobody around you because of what you're currently in. So just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you're, you know, always happy. You can feel alone in a relationship too. You can feel separated from the person you're with. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And even jumping into a relationship fast, it may not be necessarily where you were in a relationship and someone hurt you. You might be the person hurting other people, hurt people, hurt people. And when I used to hear that a lot, I used to have to really sit down and listen to really know what that meant. Hurt people, hurt people. And if you jumping into a, a fast relationship and you know you just got out of one, you might be the person that's hurting someone else who doesn't deserve it. So it, it could definitely go because you haven't healed. So it goes both ways. Well, ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. This was fun. It was very was fun. fun. This was fun, a fun girl talk. And I felt like it would just be nice because Thanksgiving is coming up. And I feel like we're giving we're giving that moment to people. OK, mm-hmm. I want to give to this moment. I feel like, you know, we are in this um, holiday season where people are getting in relationships mm-hmm. maybe for the gifts. Maybe they are going home to their families and they feel like they have to be in a relationship to show something off for accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Or maybe right. people just don't want to be alone for the holidays. So they want to get somebody, you know that they can just be with for the time being, but that holiday is going to come to an end and we're going to be right, right back in summertime. Absolutely. <laughs> so the is, you know, I just really want women to feel like, okay, there's other women out here who may think like you. There's other women out here who go through things. There's other women out here who have these questions and they're trying, they're trying to date with purpose. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to tap into themselves, but maybe they don't have that girlfriend. 
Maybe right. they don't have that mother. Maybe they don't have people around them that can pour into them. So I wanted to make this episode something where a woman can just tune in and be like, wow, they get me. Or I'm Carrie. Or I'm Keisha. Or you know what? I'm Kim, damn it. You know? Right, right absolutely. <laughs> and just feel like, you know, a big sister moment. Like, okay, this is very transparent. And this is something that maybe they learned something from. Maybe they didn't know, you know, some of this stuff. And they're like, oh, okay. I was feeling this type of way, but now I get it. Absolutely. So thank you for being transparent and vulnerable and, you know, sharing your stories because I really think that that helps someone out today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to let you ladies go and I just hope y'all have a great rest of your day and and everyone listening, make sure you follow their Instagram pages. I will link that in the show notes. Um, These are beautiful women. They have a lot going on for themselves and just show them some love for showing up today. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Carrie. Nice to meet you too, Keisha. All right. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's day. You too. Bye-bye. I hope this episode of Glenn Talk has been beneficial and inspirational to all of you. And stay tuned for part two of Let's Give Thanks to This Giving Moment, Relationship Edition. To keep up with me, you can follow me on Instagram at gemsfromtheglen, and you can also find Keisha and Carrie's Instagram handles in the show notes. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when I've uploaded a new episode and rate this episode with five stars. Leave a comment in the review and comment section and save and share this episode so I know you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Until next time, be great. Bye.